Please continue to stay in your body, in your practice. As I offer some instructions this morning, you know, give some suggestions, ideas, and then we'll work together in the guided practice. Last night, Tuari spoke beautifully about this list of nivaranas, translated as obstacles, obstructions, hindrances in our meditation. And we've offered this cheat sheet for you outside the hall. You're welcome to use these. Lots of good ideas in these sheets. So I'll just offer some in my own experience There's five hindrances. There's wanting, aversion, sleepiness, restlessness and worry, and doubt. And then there's a whole pantheon of other ones. (laughs) There's boredom. There's vigilance. There's exuberance. There's this kind of tingly, over-energized experience or a kind of drifty, blurry, pleasant, (laughs) a little bit like sloth and torpor, not quite sleep. There's so many different experiences, emotions. If we're really caught in anger or grief, if we're not mindful of these mood states, mind states, they can also pull us away from this present moment awareness, this warm curiosity. And so we use these, we use these on the path. We pay attention, we recognize, oh, I'm feeling really bored. Or I'm feeling really embarrassed. Or whatever it is that we're feeling, a quiet joy shame, sorrow, we recognize them as friends. They're just here passing through, not really personal. There's a name for them. It means humans have experienced them before, the Buddha too. So we use these hindrances, these nivaranas, these strong emotions as our practice. First, we recognize this is what's happening now in this moment. And then how are we relating to them? Even this word hindrance sets up a kind of aversion. Are we trying to get rid of them? What if it was really good news? What if it was, oh, my support for practice today. Hello, sleepiness. Hello, restlessness. Let me learn from you. And so if we can, we set up this very wide, spacious allowing Okay, it's like this right now. And we feel it in the body. These nivaranas, the five, the classical five, they have an unpleasant tone in the body, in the heart. It's one reason we don't like them. They have an unpleasant valence. 
And so when we're mindful, oh, I'm wanting something, and there's that tension, there's a contraction, it's unpleasant. When we recognize that tone, it can cut the automatic pushing away that we often have. It's just unpleasant, just unpleasant in the body, no problem. I can be with this, I can be with this. And in just getting curious about how that unpleasantness ripples through the body-mind system, we're turning toward, we're learning this wise attitude to really turn, embrace, allow, get curious about whatever is happening in the moment. Nothing wrong. With doubt in particular, we want to get very familiar with that undertow. Doubt can often feel like it's wisdom. I'm thinking about my practice and I'm trying to figure out how to do it. What's right? What's not right? I don't think this instruction makes sense. I think there's really something wrong with me. It can feel like we're trying to get insight. But with doubt, if it's doubt, there is a very familiar undertow. I'm getting all kind of wrapped up in this dream state of doubt, undermining my presence, takes me away from the body, from the breath. We want to recognize that. And then get very curious, what's the difference between doubt, how that feels in the body, kind of sinking, a kind of doomed kind of feeling. And what does wisdom feel like in the body? The wisdom feels relaxed. It feels open. There's a kind of ease. So with any difficulty, we're turning towards, we're allowing, we're getting curious about, we're feeling it in the body, We're noticing if it feels unpleasant or pleasant. What's our response, our reaction to that? And we're trusting that all this is held in mindfulness. It all can be held in awareness. There's room. And in that spacious awareness, there's a very clear feeling of this is not me or mine. Just phenomena rolling along, a sense of this is just the natural way of things right now. I don't have to identify, I don't have to take it so personally. This is right in alignment with these three vows of judging, fixing, comparing mind, letting it go. So we're learners, we're learning. I'll offer a poem as we head into the meditation practice. This is called The Mosquito Among the Raindrops. The Mosquito Among the Raindrops. It's equivalent to getting hit, the scientists say, by a school bus and hit every 20 seconds. And the mosquito lives. In fact, she doesn't even try to avoid the drops. 
No zigzagging, no ducking, no hiding under eaves. How does she do it? No resistance to the force. She hitches a ride on the blow, a stowaway on that which brings her down. She becomes one with the drop, knowing that to fly again, she must fall. So just like those mosquitoes out there that are right now perhaps hitching a ride on these drops, we can use these nivaranas, our strong emotions, as ways to grow in wisdom and compassion right here. Right here. So staying in the body and perhaps as we begin the meditation, taking a couple of deeper breaths, just letting the breath wash right through you. And then we set up camp with our anchor. We move right in. Whether your anchor is the body or the sounds in the room or the movement of breath, you're getting very intimate with this anchor, body, sound, breath. Rest for a while just simply with this primary anchor of attention.
And now if you're feeling in the flow with your primary anchor, you're welcome to stay. Just staying very simple, coming back again and again to your chosen object. And so the instructions today are to continue with this object, your primary anchor, body, sounds, breath. And if you notice that there is a particular mind state, a wanting mind, a pushing away, dullness, restlessness, doubt, or even a bigger emotion that's pulling your attention, we can shift, shift your attention from your primary anchor. And now we'll be with whatever mood state, mind state is here. You don't have to go looking for something. If you don't feel any hindrances, stay with the primary object. And if there is an emotion or a hindrance present, how is it to turn towards, perhaps even name it? Oh, this is agitation, this is anxiety, this is some kind of resistance. Notice how it is to name it. There's a kind of relief often. Oh, it's just like this right now. Fear is like this. Sorrow is like this. How is this mind state feeling in the body? If you don't feel it in the body, that's okay. We're staying with the feeling of numbness or frozenness in the body. Just as valid. And we allow whatever is here to be here, just like this right now.
If there is the absence of hindrance, you might notice, ah, absence. How does this feel in the body? Maybe there's a pleasant feeling tone. We want to recognize when they're not here also. And so whatever it is we're being with right now, a quiet interest. Can I feel this sense of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral in whatever mood or mind state I'm noticing? What else is asking for my attention in this particular mood or mind state? With this quiet interest, we also look, we see, oh, it's not me or mine. This is simply part of the human experience. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. There's actually nothing to fix. Can we feel the impersonal nature of this mind, heart, body system? Just nature, just the natural unfolding of things. And so you can continue to work with whatever emotion or nivarana is arising right now. And if it's changing or dissipating, we come right back to the primary anchor, body, breath, sound. 
And so we'll continue to work in our own way here in silence. Whatever experience we're having, holding it with a sense of warmth and care.
So just a couple of other thoughts on working with these emotions. Sometimes we can feel like we need to dive down deep into them and feel all the feels. And often the instructions sound that way. It's about allowing, about investigating, staying with, hitching a ride on that raindrop. But we don't want to flood or overwhelm the system. And especially when we're working with deeper knots in the body and the mind, we don't want to go diving down deep. It's very easy to get overwhelmed and and off balance. And so this is part of the discernment to notice, okay, there's something on the edge here that might be quite big, quite bottomless. And if that's the case, we have a sense of like, okay, I want to go gently. I want to go gently into this. So two techniques from somatic experiencing. The first one is pendulating. So you move back and forth from the big difficult experience, whatever you're having, back to the body or some other more pleasant or neutral experience like the breath. Touch back into what's difficult, come back to resource. So you're moving back and forth, pendulating between the two. And then the second term is titration. And that's when you take just a little bite of what's difficult. Okay, I'm just going to, for a minute or two, spend a little bit of time, not go way down digging, just touching the edge of it, and then coming back to my primary anchor. And this is very supportive for the system. We want to stay balanced and steady, especially when we've got these deeper knots coming. So pendulate, titrate, take care. Take care and discern, is my system, do I have enough mindfulness to be with this in a balanced way? If yes, we stay with it for as long as we like. If no, we then out of compassion and care, we stay with our primary anchor. Balance, steady, steady. So we have time for a question or two. Anything about these instructions or your experience or what's coming up for you in the practice? Yeah, I see over here. Maybe I'll give some walking reflections. Because Devin gave some great instructions for walking, and so I just want to encourage you a little bit about continuing with the walking, finding a space, even if it's raining. You might uh, consider walking in the dining hall in between the tables. I don't know if you do, but I always, that's my go-to place to go walking. And... Um, you consider walking in the dorms um, or walking in the rain. Uh, can be quite peaceful sometimes to walk in the rain. But uh, some reflections on why this walking is so important. And it's not, I think we should call it stepping, really, because you, we're not really walking anywhere. It's not what the mind thinks of when it thinks of as walking. It's probably why it gets lost so much. But when I started referring to it as stepping, 
I begin to realize that I'm just trying to pay attention to one step. So it doesn't matter how fast or how slow. It's really can you pay attention to taking an entire step and the next step and the next step, the way we do breath, the way we do sound. It's the same meditation. It's just in movement. And sometimes slowing it down is what actually helps us recognize each step, each step, each step. But some other things about walking, of why it's important, is if you bank walking with two sits, you have sit, walk, sit, sit, walk, sit, keeping those three coupled together um, is how you really begin to see the importance of walking. If, If walking is just out there, it doesn't have the context to it. But what I was telling one of my groups is, this is my, just what I learned. I could not get my mind to let go of anything. This idea that we let go, just let go, whatever's in the mind, a lot of thinking, a lot of constant, um, just back and forth, just let it go. I could not do that. But when I was walking, I could have a tree and a bush, and you walk from the tree to the bush, and when you get to the bush, you let it go. doesn't matter. Did you? I was with my steps the whole time. Nope. I was thinking the whole time. doesn't matter. <laughs> let it go. It's the bush that helps you let it go. Not, not you. You've come to the end of the, the, the wall, whatever. You know, you're just at the end. So, so this idea of letting go You are training the mind to let go because um, you've come to the end. And just stop. And you turn around, you reset this intention, and you're practicing begin again. So letting go, begin again. And then you start this this, uh, intention to stay with every step. Stay with every step. Do you do it? No? I thought the whole time. Doesn't matter. Let it go. Turn around, begin again. And then somebody was sharing with me that they were also taught that they, they um, stop in the middle of a thought. If they notice themselves thinking during the stepping and going down, you stop right there. It's the same thing. It's the stopping that's training the mind on what letting go means. So learning to be able to stop uh, and reset. That's what's the training that the mind is doing, learning how to stop. And then in the middle of some storyline, it will stop, let it go. So when you sit, spend the whole time trying to get still, last two minutes, finally still, bell rings. So it feels like, oh, don't do that. Finally still, right? Keep that stillness. You haven't stopped meditating. Keep it. Stand up with it. Walk to your walking path with it. Start your walking with it. And this stopping, stopping, letting it go, stopping, beginning again. Come back. Sit back down. And then you're going to begin to see that there is a actual natural flow to the sit, the walk, the sit, the sit, the walk, the sit. And that's what helps us settle down. Not your 
forcing the mind to stop. You just do this natural flow, natural flow, continuity, and that's what's going to keep it together. So that's why that that walking is more important than going to get tea sometimes or going to get uh, going to the room. Um, I was telling the last thing I was telling my group that the people that have roommates. You are the lucky ones. We don't know that. We think, oh, I don't want to be in a roommate. I want to be by myself. But the people that have roommates, you don't really go hang out in your room. You end up practicing all the time because you don't want to be like in the room, hanging out, laying on the bed. But when you don't have a roommate, you just go and lay on the bed, let go of everything. <laughs> so you got to pretend like I am your roommate. <laughs> I'm sitting in that room <laughs> waiting to see if you come in there lying on the bed. <laughs> I'm in there with you. <laughs> so, okay, good. That was all. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.